on today's episode of Gathering the Kings. So whatever you want to do with your life, you got to put that time in with the education to kind of like you know, speed your, your journey a, a lot faster. And if I had to do that all over again, I'd say, young Dennis, just read more, read more often. If I was 18, 19, 20 years old, I'd be reading 10, 15, 20 books a year because I would have been able to shortcut my success. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf. Top of the year, 2023. We're back at you. Dennis Stein here on the King stage. My brother, how we doing? Doing well, doing well. Excited for 2023. I know, right? It's uh, it's this time of the year where we get to like, you know, refuel, reflect kind of the whole deal. And uh, couldn't be more excited to to jump off this, uh, this season with uh, with a guy like you. So tell us, what kind of business that you got, brother? So I currently own three franchises. One is uh, Mosquito Joe. I also have a, a J-Dog Junk removal franchise. We just got into, uh, we just dove into a Hello Garage franchise in 2022. So we're pretty excited about that. With the three franchises, we kind of feed off each other and leverage each other. And we're in the home service business space. So uh, we're pretty excited about that. You know, it's it just continues to grow. There's to be a recession-proof type business. So yeah, we just continue to continue to grind every day. That's awesome. I, I want to get more into that leverage that you were just describing, how you're leveraging you know, these customers, really, because you're servicing them in multiple different areas. I definitely want to come back to that. But before we do, my initial question is always the same. Why are you doing this? But, but more than why? Like, You've been doing this for a minute. You've been successful now. People are listening going, man, how did he do it? And they want to know, why are you still doing it? So I love it. I mean, I just love the whole, the entrepreneurship, the competition, the drive. I mean, I, I, to me, it's a game, you know? Yeah. And more importantly, I do it for my family. You know, I do it for financial freedom. I do yeah. it because I spent 22 years in corporate retail. And when you realize that you're just a number and that you're not going to listen, you're just, you're making these companies a lot of money and you, you're That's like, right. I can take my skill set. And I can go build something on my own. And after 22 years, I knew it was time. I, I knew it was time to say, hey, listen, I, you know, I told my wife we had two small children at the time. And I told her I was leaving a very good job at the time. I mean, I was making six figures and doing really well. And uh, she looked at me and said, you're crazy. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely nuts. My, I think my kids were 11 and 9 at the time. So two small children. Yeah. I was the breadwinner. I was the one that's, you know, paying the mortgage, paying the bills. But I was always into business ownership. I was always into entrepreneurship. I That's all I cared about growing up. You know, I, I was just since I was little. I mean, that's all I can remember is, you know, I want to I want to own a business one day. And, that's you know, awesome. now I have, you know, the blessing that I own three and we're going to continue to grow this year. I mean, we're adding more. But that's why I do it, because I can build something for myself. 
And I would rather work 60, 70, 80 hours a week myself than to go work 40, 50 hours for somebody else and be that paycheck player. I, you know, to build an empire to me is important for the legacy, for my family, for, you know, mm-hmm. just, just to take care of them. So I do, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. I got to tell you, I mean, it's, yeah. it's just a lot of fun. What others look as entrepreneur stress? I mean, we still have stress. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Overwhelmed the whole deal, but somehow, some way we, we get a little like almost sick kick out of it, you know, and, and we keep coming back for more, keep getting kicked in the face, hoping to win. And, and we do, and you have. And so I want to get into that. I appreciate the, the obviously legacy mindedness that you have. I think that there's a lot of entrepreneurs that feel that way. Has that, has that grown? Like, is it legacy now? Was it legacy then when you left? Were you really thinking about like, I got to take care of my kids for the next 50 years? Or was it a different thought then compared to now? Give us some more insight there. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the legacy just started recently. Like I'm like, I want to build something big and build something for my family and, and build that legacy. But yeah, that's more recent. I'll tell you in the beginning, it's a grind. Like you said, it's entrepreneurship is, is not something that, you know, you're just going to work 15, 20 hours a week and you, you got to educate yourself, you know, every day you got to continue to read, continue to get better, be around better, you know, like-minded people continue right. to grow, gain every single customer on a daily basis. Like every customer counts. Yeah. So to me, it wasn't about legacy in the beginning, but now you're like, all right, I, we could do this. We could grow something bigger. You know, let's look at that empire building now. Let's not just worry about a small business. Let's build something that, that can, you know, build that legacy, you know, growing for the next 10, 15, 20, you know, 50 years. So yeah. I, I think, yeah, to your point in the beginning, you're, you're just, you're hustling, you're grinding. It's, it's not, you know, it's daily day in. it's seven days a week. It's a grind. It's 24 hours a day. It's, you know, sleepless nights. It's, but it's worth it at the end. At the end, I mean, it, it's very rewarding. It, it, it's rewarding to see, hey, listen, now I can start investing in different things for my family. And, right. you know, granted, you still you, you want your kids to grow up and say, hey, listen, they still got to do their own thing. And yeah. you got to make sure that, you know, that they're, it's important to them what they want to do. But, yeah, the whole legacy is pretty recent, but it, it's definitely something that's top of mind now. How did you how did you come across this thinking of legacy? What what changed for you? Was it just this ability now that you have to think at a higher level or was it something that sparked that that interest for you? Yeah, I think it's thinking at a higher level. I you know, I'm all about building teams and building leadership teams. To me, yeah. there's nothing more important than spending time and growing and developing leaders. So the more leaders I can develop, the bigger I can grow, yeah. right? So it's it's not about me anymore. I need to develop a team that 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 their dreams fit inside mine. And, you know, I think that's where that whole legacy, you know, came about, you know, so now it's yeah. it's just bigger thinking, you know, you don't think like that in the beginning. It's like, all right, I just want to make this amount of money and I'll be happy. I just want to, you know, I just want to be, you know, self, self-sufficient self and, and build something myself. But now it's like, all right, I can build something bigger. You know, yeah. we, we got to think bigger, you know? So, yeah. So I, I think it's, it's something that just as a recent that, you know, I wanted to really dive into. I love what you just said, the comment there, maybe my team will quote it for you, but just the ability to have a big enough dream to where basically you stay ahead of your team. And so it's this actually like this wonderful dynamic of you raising up people and teaching them how to think big. But if, if you're not careful, (laughs) they will outgrow you, which is, which is fine. I mean, then maybe they go off and do their own thing. I'm not saying that you can't have that, but what, what an incredible, like built in tool for ourselves to be like, man, I gotta, I gotta stay up on my game. If I'm 
going to lead this quality person here. It forces me to be that much better. In addition, there's one other thing too, that I want, I want the listener to know this too, because you said it, and I want to say it in a, in some sales terms I used many years ago. I used to do some sales training many, many years ago and trailed, trained hundreds of salespeople, but I was working for a company. I don't know. I was probably making 400 plus thousand dollars a year outside of several franchises. And so, you know, that, you know, the game. And I'm, I'm, I'm coaching some new sales reps and, and, you know, they're making maybe 60, 70, 80,000, like just not a lot of money yet, but they want to do, they wanted to make that hundred, 120, 150 change their life, you know, that type of thing. And I'm the top, top dog coming in, doing some coaching. And, and I said something to them like this, you know, it seems like a lot to make 120 and they're like, yeah, that would just change my life. I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Here's what I'm excited for. They're like, what? I'm excited that one day you would look back and go, how did I ever live on 120? And you just watch their soul just go like, what? One day I'm going to think, how did I even live on? They can't even imagine having 120 yet now, let alone wondering one day, how did I even live on that? And so being able to stretch people's mindset, of course, our own, is just an incredible opportunity. So I I love how you're doing that within your teams. I want to know a little bit more of your story. So let's kind of dive back here. How did you get started? Why did you get started? You kind of gave us a little bit of like, I was in corporate America, but give us a little bit more there. Sure. Yeah, no, it's, it's so in, in corporate retail for 22 plus years, I, listen, I don't regret a single second of it. I would not be where I am today without it. It taught me how to run a small business. It taught me how to manage people. It That's taught right. me about marketing. It taught me about products, you know, promotional. It, it taught me so much financials on, on really how to grow a business the right way. So I I was a store manager of a couple of retail stores for 27 plus years. And I knew I was just a number. I knew the culture just wasn't what I liked. The culture was you are a number. Nobody cared about your goals. Nobody cared about your dreams. These are Fortune 500 companies, great companies to work for. But it just wasn't, it didn't feel like something that I can wrap my arms around and say, hey, this is what I want to do for the next 20 years. Right. And I think there was a couple of pivotal points that kind of just turned my whole thinking around. I was always a guy that wanted to give ideas and suggestions on how we can how we can get better, how how we can improve productivity, you know, profitability on how we could do that stuff. Yeah. And when you're in corporate America, you can't give any suggestions. Quiet down. Quiet Correct. down. You're being too loud. <laughs> Correct. You can't give any ideas. You can't you know, bring up any, you know, anything that's going to make it better for everybody around you, build that culture. So I, I think there was a couple of points, but there was one, a district manager, and I had a lot of respect for this guy, believe it or not. He actually put his arm around me walking down the aisle. He goes, Dennis, we do not pay you to think. We pay you to execute. And I was like, what? I was like, we do not pay you to think. We pay you to execute. And I'm like, yeah. I, I, this is just crazy. Like, yeah, I'm going to execute all day long. I mean, that's, that's our job, but you know, where, where am I going with this? You know, I'm not allowed to think, I'm not allowed to think outside the box. We're not allowed to improve systems and processes and get better. And, and I think it just hit me. I think that was one, you know, there's a couple other things that, that really hit me, but that one hit me hard. And I was like, I'm just done with this whole retail thing. And like I said, when I came home to my wife and said, listen, I'm going to explore business ownership, and I'm going to figure this out. And she looked at me like, wow, this is crazy. At the same time, I was actually flipping an investment property. So okay. when I resigned from my, my job, 
know, I gave my two weeks, we were flipping an investment property at the same time. So of course there was a lot of stress going on, especially when you can't sell that investment property as quick as you think you can. That's right. So make sure you have the right realtor. <laughs> so, so we were flipping an investment property. I was resigning from a very good job at the time. And I told my wife, we'll figure this out. I said, you just, just give me a chance. I'm a hustler. I'm a grinder. I will figure this out. Just give me a couple of years. I'm telling you. And you know what? She was very supportive. The family was very supportive. I mean, they were young at the time, my kids, so they didn't have any choice. Right. And listen, I, I started exploring entrepreneurship. I started exploring businesses. What can I start on my own? What franchises are out there? You know, what, what can I explore that actually I will work in? I have no problem. I will put the time in. I will grind. I never had a problem with putting hours in. Obviously, with corporate retail, we were working 60, 70 hours a week. My, oh, commute, yeah. my commute was two hours each way. Wow. So yeah, it, it was tough. I mean, but you know, you just suck it up and you do it. You, you're supporting your family and you do the right yeah. thing. Yeah. So, but it wasn't about the hours. It was about building something for myself. And, you know, I, I said, there's gotta be a better way. So I started exploring franchises, came across a franchise expo. I had my eye on Mosquito Joe in the beginning. And I said, oh, I, I convinced my wife to come with me. She, she's tough to convince to actually go look <laughs> at something, especially at that point, we were running out of money. You know, we were, yeah. we, we, were, we were going through money quick, I, even though I had, you know, money set aside from, from, you know, resigning. So we were going through money pretty fast. I, I brought it to an expo and we listened to 10 brands get on the stage. And I, my eye was on Mosquito Joe the whole time. I said, this is a niche business. It's recession proof. Everybody needs this, but they really don't understand that they need this. They need this in their backyard. People are building out their yards. They're spending a lot of money, dumping a lot of money into their yards. I mean, nowadays, you can see what they're doing in their yards. So I said, you know, this is something that we need to explore. At the time, my daughter was highly allergic to mosquito bites. Just coincidentally. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, we rushed her to the hospital twice when she was younger. Wow. So I turned to my wife. I go, well, look at look at our daughter. I mean, she's highly allergic to these bites. I go, there's something to this. So we, needless to say, we go to my brother's. Uh, he had a party over the over the summer, and she goes, nobody will pay for this service. I'm telling you, nobody will pay for this. So I start asking around. Right, right at a party, we're outside. Everyone's getting bit up, yep. and everyone's like, I would pay anything to get rid of mosquitoes. I would pay anything. And sure enough, they're all looking at each other like, I would pay anything. I would pay. And I turn to my <laughs> wife. I go, What do you think? She goes, All right, let's do it. You know, sounds like we got about our first ten customers. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, let's do this. I go, you know, I'll put the work in. I have no problem. You know, morning to night. I was answering phones 10 a.m. on a Sunday because we were working out of our house at this point. Oh, yeah. uh, you start out of your house. We're in our basement. And, you know, it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday and I'm answering phones. And she's like, what are you doing? I go, there's a customer on the other end of that phone. And I'm going to sign that customer up. I don't care if it's 11 o'clock at night, 3 o'clock in the morning. There is a customer calling and they need our, they, they need our service. So that's how we got into it. We started with our first franchise. We've been very successful with that. We're about eight years in now. And then I said, you know what? We built a team that really can can manage this, you know, this business. Let's move on to the next one. And that's when I moved on to my second. Now we're on our third. And now we're looking at some other opportunities out there too, to really build that symbiotic type of home service portfolio. But, you know, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm still not, you know, sold where we can't look at other opportunities. And, you know, I look at other things that are unrelatable businesses that are doing well. And so now we have that leverage. And we talked about that earlier, that leverage, yep. that customer base, where we could sell other services to them. 
And we can offer them additional services where that lifetime value of that customer becomes so important now. Yep. We're like, hey, listen, let's sell them something else. Let's, you know, yeah. so that's where that leverage works. I love, I love how you're, you're doing it, the perspective of that leverage. I want to get into some good and bad decisions here. And, and maybe we'll focus it around that leverage at, at some point. I want to go kind of early on in your years. I want to see if uh, some of these things can be relatable to some newer business owners. But you're, you're so right. That customer list, your lifetime value is, is only going to go exponentially up, which, which means, so if the listener is paying close attention, really what that means is that you've been building relationships for eight years. And then now because you've done people right over and over and over and over again, they know, like, and trust you, you have a relationship that why wouldn't they buy another service from you if they need it and you can help them with it. They already know, like, and trust you. Boom. We, we get another deal. So let's talk about a good decision that you made. Maybe in those first couple of years, you're grinding, you're trying to make, make way. What was something that you just look back and you're like this moment right here, this one decision, boom, it changed everything for me. What was it? So I think obviously taking that leap and, and buying into the franchise was something that, you know, sure. was it was a huge moment. I think another one is just going all in. I mean, just reinvesting every single dollar back into your business. Don't live off your business right away. You have to let that thing grow. And the only way you're going to let it grow is by reinvesting every penny, every dollar. You know, when it comes to marketing, you don't cheap out. You, you put everything back into that business and you're just going to scale so much more faster than a typical, you know, mom and pop or a guy just starting out of business, you need to reinvest everything back into it. I think that really helped propel us where we are, but it's also the grind too, right? I mean, when you really think about it, you know, the difference between, because I talk to so many owners, you know, on a daily basis, I'm a franchise consultant as well. So, you know, I talk to so many different people and I tell them the difference between you and someone else is you got to be out there getting every single customer every day, get in front of customers every day, whether it's a festival, a home show, you know, you got these networking groups, you got to get in front of customers every day. And that should be your only focus is yeah. to go after the new customers and then take care of your old customers, right? right. So make right. sure your, your existing customers are happy, but go get new customers. And yeah. if you focus on that every day, rather than getting into the weeds every day, because I think a lot of these business owners and entrepreneurs, they get into the weeds way too much. And it's like, no, you're focused on the wrong thing. Focus on marketing and getting new customers. That's it. Marketing, getting new customers. And if you do that, you're going to grow every day. You're going to grow year after year. You're going to 20% growth, 30% growth. But if you don't do that, then you're just going to get lost in everything. Yeah, it's so true. Obviously, marketing and then onto your sales process and being able to actually then close new deals, having that mindset of filling the pipeline constantly. Really, what I heard you say is that you had this obsession with growth. And so I want you to give us just a couple of practical examples. You said, put every penny, every dollar back into marketing, back into getting the new customer. Give us you know two or three ways that have just served you well in your industry, or maybe just in general, of ways to go get a new customer and or maybe sales process. Yeah, so we, we take a combination of digital marketing plus guerrilla marketing. You yep. know, people people take that for granted that that old guerrilla marketing doesn't work. Well, it works. It does. And if you want to grow your business, it's digital marketing. It's social media. It's guerrilla marketing with yard signs. You know, a local, a local fair or festival in your town, you know, getting in front of people. Last year, I, I stood at a festival for eight hours in my eighth season. I don't think I really needed to be there. But you know what? To be there and to get 20, 30 new customers, it felt good to me. 
You know, I didn't need to be there. I can send my marketing team and, and right. I, you know, I could go do something else, but it doesn't, you have to put in the work. You got to put in the time, but I think there's so many ways that you can hit with marketing because they have to see you seven times. If they don't see you seven times, they're not going to pull the trigger. And it's the rule of seven. And you got to be everywhere. You got to be omnipresent, you know, whether it's guerrilla marketing, digital, direct mail, TV, you know, once you can grow, then you can get into that, you know, more brand awareness stuff like TV commercials and radio. But you don't want to do that in the beginning. You don't have, you know, you don't have that capital just laying around to put into, you know, things like that. So focus on the guerrilla marketing, focus on all the small stuff that nobody else is doing. Yeah. You know, these home shows, less and less business owners are setting up because they don't want to spend their time on a Saturday or Sunday at a home show. But if you're there, you can get 20, 30, 50 customers out of it. Why wouldn't you do it? So I think that's how you grow a business. And that's how you have to do it. Boots on the ground, guerrilla marketing. And and that's how you can really grow something. Yeah, I hope the listeners picked up one major thing. I mean, if I could wrap up everything that you've just said is this obsession or even hunger. And why just start a business <laughs> if you're not hungry? And and I guess the reality is, is that some people just along the way, either it gets tough, it gets hard, they become complacent with just, hey, I got enough, which there's nothing necessarily wrong with those things. But for guys like you and I, like that just doesn't, I, that, I don't understand that. Like, what do you mean that's enough? That's enough maybe for, for now, but, but what about tomorrow? What about, what about next year? What about 10 years from now? What about my grandchildren? You know, so I think if you're listening here and this type of conversation is flowing with you, then guys like Dennis and I, and you maybe the listener going like, I, no, there's never like enough. And it doesn't mean that we're bad people. It's just, no, no, no. There's an obsession here around growth and it becomes part of the DNA of the team, the business. And, and really what it is, is just, look, if there's more people to serve, why, why wouldn't we? Like you said, if there's 50 customers there, why wouldn't you go? Got anything to add there before we move on? No, I think you hit it spot on. I think you have to be obsessed. I, I think you, if you're going to get into this, you're going to get into business ownership. It's not for everybody, but whoever's going to get into it has to have that mindset. Like, listen, I am going out to compete every day and I'm going out to be obsessed every day with getting a new customer. So you, you just got to put the work in. Yeah, I think that it's a common theme. And before we move on here, Every every big business owner, like even though maybe, you know, a guy doing 20 million or maybe 200 million, maybe isn't necessarily going to a festival to get a new singular $100 a month client. But I guarantee you when he's there, it's a thought in his mind. <laughs> and so depending it, it, it upon just, the structure. It feels and, good. You know, it yeah. feels good. I mean, listen, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure I won't be going to any festivals this year, but, uh, but if you did. <laughs> you know, you know where you spend your time now. I mean, obviously, as we continue to grow and we know how to spend our time wisely and we're looking at bigger things now. So but it was it was the same fun. mindset, though. Yep. Same mindset. Even when you move on to those bigger tasks, it's the same mindset. So I think what you've developed for the listener here is this baseline of you got to have it here before you can ever go to any bigger levels. What about a bad decision, Dennis? Tell us that thing that, you know, early on, maybe two, three, four years in, you're just like, oh, I can't believe I did that. What is it? Bad decision. I, I'll tell you that some of the hiring mistakes we made, I think uh, we hired for execution rather than, you know, the attitude and personality. So some of our some of our management team back then was not anywhere close to what I have in place now. So those are definitely some bad decisions I made in, in the past. And I'm like, 
you know, I looked for, Hey, this guy's talented. I think he can, he can, he could run this for us, an office manager or right. a general manager. And it just didn't work out. And if I had to do it all over again, uh, that's not how I would approach it. I would do my due diligence, you know, more interviews, a better interview process, put, put better people in place. Because when you have good people in place, I can tell you, you can, you can do great things. And now the team we have in place today compared to six years ago or five years ago is light years ahead of where we were. So I, I would say, you know, just, you know, do your due diligence and the people you promote within your organization or the people you bring on board, just make sure you bring on the right people with the right mindset. They got to have that business owner mindset. Also, what you want to do is when you interview someone, can you see them three positions higher from where you just hired them? So yeah. when I hire yeah. anyone from my management team now, do I see them being a general manager for me to run a business for me one day? If I don't see that, I won't hire them now. And four, five, six years ago, my thought process was like, can they just do this job? <laughs> I'm content if they could actually just do this job. So I think that mindset is critical. And it was probably a lot of mistakes I made back then that I you know, learn from and move on. Yeah, I loved how the, the specificity that of what you were just talking about, um, looking for the two or three steps ahead. I think that that's, it's, although it's still conceptual, it's, it's actually pretty practical when you're in the interview process. Number one, just, just spend more time. Do more interviews, a couple more phone calls, take them to dinner. It obviously depends on the level of a position that they're that they're coming in for, but more time, right? More time tells you more about them. Of course, you, you mentioned personality. I use culture index. I'm sure you probably use something similar, but what we're trying to get is the real, like who is this person for real? And and then can I see them growing? What What's that indicator for you when you're spending all that time with them? What's that indicator where they they do something and it lets you know that they can be that general manager one day. What, what, what's that thing that they do? Well, besides their previous experience, which is just a given for anyone, I think you're really looking for those characteristics is, are they loyal? And will they run through walls for you? You know, is this person really, you know, you could trust. You're, you're yeah. trusting somebody with your business. You're trusting somebody with your customers. you got right. thousands of customers. You're trusting them to make the right decision for those thousands of customers and the employees that are, that are below them. So yeah. there's a lot of trust and a lot of loyalty that goes along with that position. So yeah. I would pick that characteristic almost over anything because you could teach them the rest, right? right. You could teach them about the business. You could, But a leader, somebody that has leadership skills, you can't teach. You know, whether they're a leader, I mean, you, you hope you could develop them into better leaders. Sure, but yeah. they got to have something where... You know, they came from a good family and, uh, you know, their mother is that was in the military and the father, you know, runs a business. And and you're like, OK, look, look at the dynamics of this. You know, he's got discipline. He, he's loyal. He's trustworthy. I, yeah. you know, I think this is someone that that we can really, you know, develop. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you gave some practicals there. That was going to be my follow up. But you answered it. It's, it's perfect. It, there's not a like an exact formula for every person, because obviously we're we're, we're people. We just, you know. We're obviously very different, but I think that what you've identified for the listener is when you go into those situations, here are some pretty specific things that you should be looking for. And just a general mindset of, look, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't bring on good people, it's just going to be a revolving door. And we've all been there. We, we know what the revolving door feels like and, and it sucks. Like there's just no other way around it. And it, and then you get stuck into the, I can't find good people mindset. And then 
it's just kind of downhill from there. So you've given us some incredible, some incredible insight there as far as team building. I'm sure some of that came from your, from your corporate side as well. I want to know, do you have like, we've talked about decision-making. What process do you have? Like if I threw a big decision at you today, maybe it was a hiring decision, maybe it was a money decision. Do you follow a four-step process or is there a thinking thing that you go through? Tell us how you, how you make good decisions. Yeah. So a lot of decisions are, are made based on previous experience, you know, whether it's a promotion or a financial decision, you know, do I see that trend? Do I see that person I could develop into that next level? So a lot of, a lot of things are taken into consideration as far as, Hey, what is What has that person done in the previous position that I can look to develop them as far as the financial Hey, are we trending? Are we are we doing twenty percent growth on a weekly basis that I can add more vehicles, more equipment? So we try to make really good formulated decisions, yeah. but also I'm not afraid to pull the trigger. And and if it has to do with growth, whether it's yeah. spend more money on marketing or spend more money on vehicles and equipment, I'm not afraid to actually pull the trigger because let's grow into it, right? Right. If I got to add three more vans. We got to go get three, four hundred more customers. So right. it kind of forces you and pulls you forward to say, hey, listen, I'm adding two more vehicles right now. We need five more hundred cut. We need 500 more customers to fill those two vans. So right. now we got to go get 500 customers rather than say, hey, you know what? We're good. I don't need any more vehicles. Let's just stay where we're at. So I'm pretty aggressive with my decision making if it's going to help grow the business, whether it's a promotion that's going to help grow the business if it's equipment that's going to help grow the business, reinvesting back into marketing, if that's going to help grow the business, I will do whatever it takes to do that. So, you know, that's kind of my mindset and my, you know, my thinking process. I don't have a really clear four-step process, but sure, yeah. that's, that, that, that's kind of how I think. Like, if this is going to help grow this individual, grow this leader, take on bigger, bigger responsibilities, more responsibilities, right. and it's right. going to help us grow as a business. I'll make that decision all day long. And you know what? You're never going to be right about every single decision. You're just not. I mean, I make decisions pretty quickly and I'm like, oh man, this one didn't work out, but you know what? The other five did. So you're not going to, every decision in your life is not going to be perfect, whether it's an investment, whether it's, you know, a person that you thought should have been promoted and they didn't get, you know, they got promoted and now they can't handle that position. Right. But I think it always comes back to us. Right. I mean, it comes back to us saying, what did we do to support that person? What did we do to support all that all that equipment or marketing? Did we do the right thing? And it comes back to us. And I think you hit you hit the nail on the head when you said culture. You know, I'm all about culture. And I think what happened was where there was no culture where I came from, yeah. that was more important to me than anything is to build these companies with the right culture. And we do leadership Fridays every Every Friday in the off season right now, we watch podcasts, we watch YouTube videos. We're we're reading a book right now. We're doing extreme ownership right now as a as a group. So yeah. with Jocko, so what we do is we break down those chapters every week, and that creates a culture of leaders that you're built around. So yeah. I think you know when you talk about that, there's no one process that you know to make that decision, but that there's yeah. there's a thought process that goes behind it. I want <clears throat> you, you've given so much just incredible information. What I picked up, I, I just like to give the listeners a little insights of what I'm hearing as you're talking, the intensity of which you operate, which you speak. I, I think it's 
you know, there, there a lot of guys like us operate at just a frequency. It's just like, dude, 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 dude. And people just get kind of blows their mind a little bit, but I want them to hear it because, and maybe they should pause right now, as I'm talking about this and go back and just listen to your last, like, you know, 90 second answer, just the intensity of you talking about a decision. You're like, dude, I'm gonna freaking make the decision. Like, let's go. <laughs> and th- that intensity is what propels and what did propel everything. And then you talk about culture. I guarantee you, your culture is pretty intense because I know mine is because most people just, they're not going to stick around a guy like you or me for very long, unless they too love the, the, the intensity. And so what you have over the course of time, and this is hope for maybe the smaller business owner listening is like, look, just, just know, know what you're doing. You personally be intense, be obsessed, go after it, but then Find those other people that are like that, that are drawn to that. Be okay with letting the ones go that aren't. Correct. And what you'll have over, you know, the next seven years, like Dennis is this team that's probably pretty intense yep. and sometimes calls you out on stuff where you're not intense enough. That's culture. That When I hear culture, I think, man, do we have a group of people that are just like willing to go after this thing together and like look out for each other in, in an intense way? Like, are we on a freaking mission? You know, <laughs> what do you want to add to that? Yeah, no, I, I think you hit it. It, it's perfect. I mean, my team is intense because I think, you know, we bring the intensity, but I'm, I'm happy that the team that we have, we continue to develop and I want to know their goals. I want to know their dreams. I want to know what, you know, what motivates them. Every, everyone's motivated differently. So I think it comes down to just knowing your people and, you know, and, and just finding out what their dreams are and, and figuring out how can we do this together? Like, how can we yeah. build this together? And, right. and, I'm all about intensity. I mean, you know, I, I say I'm in my forties now, but I, you know, I'm more driven than ever, you know? Yeah. And I, I think it just, you see something building and you want to just keep going, you know, That's you right. just, you got that competitive mindset, like, you know, yeah. guys, you don't understand this is bigger than we think. Like we can, we could build something big together and we're all going to, we're all going to be rewarded at the end of the day for this. So no, I, I think you just got to really spend time with your people, get to know them get to know what motivates them. Everyone's motivated differently. Everybody is, you know, you know yep. one person's motivated by money. One's motivated by, Hey, I, you know, I, I want more financial freedom in my life or one's motivated by their time off and they enjoy spending time with their kids or their family. That's and, right. That's right. Uh, everyone's motivated differently, but yep. when they're at your, at your job, they're there, they're intense and they're ready to go. And uh, I think they're just ready to take on, you know, take on the business and, and whatever it has to get done. They look out for you. It's it's important to build that culture because when you're not there and if you're not there much, they're going to look out for your business. They're right. going to look out for your team. And like you said, they'll call you out and say, hey, listen, you haven't been around in a while. What's going on? I'm like, right. I got to get over there. You know? <laughs> we we got to right. get going. So, you know, I think I think that's good. But yeah, I mean, it's just building a strong awesome. culture. It's something we didn't have when I was in corporate America. Sure. And yeah. I said, you know what? I don't want that to happen where I am. I want to make sure I get to know everybody, you know, even down to the our technicians and everything. Like I'll go over and shake their hand. Hey, so, you know, tell me a little bit about, I hear you're in lacrosse and, you know, you're a wrestling guy and you like football or I hear you like to read books. You know, I like to get to know everybody. I'm never going to know everyone because you're at a different level, sure. uh, but it, it's good to kind of like connect with a lot of people because they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. We want to work for this guy, you know, and and to me, that's the biggest thing is just being relatable to everybody where they want to work for you, because if if people don't want to work for you, I'm telling you, you won't have a business. 
That's right. That's right. Understood. Okay. I'm going to switch, switch gears on you here. We're going to go to our speed round. Something new that uh, Gathering the Kings is doing. So it's inner, it's inserted a, a new speed round question for us this year. All right. Um, <laughs> we have a, we have a family mastermind cruise that's happening in 2023. And really what it comes from is this dynamic of high intensity, high performing guys like you and me, and we're just all in on our business or businesses. And we've built this empire, as you said earlier, but a lot of times what we have said is our family is important to us. And so there's this oftentimes this back and forth on like, how do we do this thing together? This is why we created this opportunity. We're going to cruise together to the, to Bermuda here uh, later this year, nice. spend intentional vacation time together, do some marriage stuff together for the couples while the kids are in a specific you know, format and, and then also do some family stuff together and then do the vacation stuff together. So it's like all this all in one. I say that to say, to ask you the speed run question. What's the one thing that you've done in building this empire that's kept your family important to you? Well, I, I think, you know, now obviously the, the financial freedom has helped obviously. So we can do a lot of things together that we probably couldn't do in the past. So I think sure. a lot of that has kept us, we're like, listen, I, I love to work, you know, there's, there's, I mean, we're entrepreneurs. We love to work. I'm in the office sometimes at 10 o'clock at night. My wife is sleeping by eight. So, but you know, I, I love to work. I love to research things. I love to watch podcasts. I love to read books. I, you know, I just want to educate myself constantly. And uh, I think sometimes that gets in the way of, you know, you got to make sure you spend some time with your family and, and your right. kids. And my kids right. are older now. So, I, you know, even though I still spend that time with them, make sure it's quality. And, you know, whether it's throw the football around or, you know, or talk to my daughter about, a, you know, a Netflix show or, you know. So I think you, you got to really make sure that you're taking the time for your family. And I think it's tough. But I think, you know, being successful and building an empire, it gives you a lot more flexibility where you can yeah. do things now that you probably couldn't do in the past. Like, hey, let's let's go out to dinner, you know, you know, we can go out to any restaurant we want, you know, rather than the past. It's like, all right, we got to watch, you know, let's let's go to this place. So it's a little little less expensive. And, you know, now you you have that freedom to do some stuff that you couldn't do. You know, we bought a beach house over one of the one of the islands here where I'm like, I tell my daughter, hey, you could bring your friends there and everything and go there. And, you know, so that's stuff that you probably couldn't do without without that financial freedom and building that empire. So I think yeah. it does have its benefits, but you just don't want to make sure that you, it doesn't take away from that family time and, right. and things that you still do together. So you got to be careful. It's a fine line where, hey, you know, it's good that you make this money, but you still got to have that family time. Yep. Good encouragement. I appreciate that. Next question. What is the most important KPI? Or I like to say, if you could only pick one metric to track, you got a couple different businesses. If you can only pick one, what would that metric be? It's just so many and I love KPIs, but I love to add new customers. Like I am, I am driven by adding new customers because, you know, retention's great retention. You want to always keep the, the existing customers, but adding new customers, it's like, we're growing, you know, let, let, let's add five new customers today. Let's add 10 tomorrow. Let's, so to me, it's probably not a great KPI to measure, but if you keep adding new customers, you're going to keep growing. If you don't add new customers, you're not going to grow. Right. So it's pretty simple. I mean, we could talk about, you know, 
we could talk about all the other ones, you know, your, your net returns, your, your margins. I mean, I love margins. Right. I mean, who doesn't love margins? At the end of the day, you got to keep adding customers. You just got to keep yeah. pounding the pavement and keep adding. So that's I would right. say that's probably my favorite KPI because I'm like, how many customers did we add today? How many customers did we add this week? You know, right. to me, how, how many appointments do we have on the schedule for Hello Garage? What is, right. I, I mean, I look at it constantly. Like, did we, we have five new appointments this week. We have 10 appointments next week. That's what I'm obsessed with more right. rather than, right. Oh, let's look at the gross margin of this product, or the, because you you'll you'll figure that out when you look at your financials. But you you right. won't get there unless you add new customers. That's right. Yeah, one comes before the other. You said it. I was going to say it's pretty simple, actually. And you and then and then and then you ended up saying it. It's pretty simple. Just just go add new business. Usually things work out. Now, obviously, there's there like you said, there's a bunch of other things that you sure. got to track and and work out. And the team makes a big difference on all that. But but you can't do it without new customers. So I appreciate that. Last question here for you, Dennis. You ready? Yeah. If you could whisper in the younger Dennis's ear, what would you say? I would say continue to educate yourself and learn as much as you can when you're younger because that leverage of that education is so important that you could do things at an earlier age rather than waiting to your you know 40 years old 50 years old if i had to do it all over again I, i'd say listen read i mean just read books on, on the greatest entrepreneurs the the greatest leaders out there the greatest whatever you're into i mean everyone's into different things i mean if, if you love guitar playing read up on the best guitarists if you want to be an architect read about the best architects that ever built in this country and you know be obsessed with being the best architect so whatever you want to do with your life you got to put that time in with the education to kind of like you speed your your journey a, a lot faster and if i had to do that all over again i'd say young dennis just read more read more often if i was 18 19 20 years old i'd be reading 10 15 20 books a year because i would have been able to shortcut my success yeah. eliminate any of those other mistakes that i've made in the past so yeah. to me the education I, there's so many ways you can educate yourself nowadays with youtube and podcasts and books and audio books. I mean, I'm big yeah. on audio books. There's so many ways now. It's not about going to a four-year college. I mean, you can, you can educate yourself so many ways. I never even graduated college. And, you know, it was funny. I, I always wanted to go to college just for the business classes. That's all I cared about. Right. So I didn't want to take the other courses. So I went and I signed up for all the business courses and they're like, well, you need to take an English major. You need to take a social a history class. I'm like, I don't want to take any of those classes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I just want to take business classes. So I'm in accounting, I'm in business law, I'm in communications, business communications, marketing. Those are all right. the courses I took. So at the end of the day, I don't have a degree on the wall that says, hey, Dennis graduated. But you know what? The information I got from college was everything I needed. And, and now I'm still learning every day. I mean, every day you got to constantly educate yourself. I love it. I love it. Dennis, how can the listener find you? Maybe they're in your area. Uh, so first off, maybe give us the areas of your different franchises real quick. Do a quick little promo here for us. Tell us where you're at, how they can reach you, how they can find you, or even if they just want to reach out to you and pick your brain as an entrepreneur, how can they find you? Sure, sure. So you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I mostly am. Dennis Stein on LinkedIn. <clears throat> You'll see I'm a franchise consultant. Best way to find me so I can help you as an entrepreneur. Uh, find that skill set that works for you for for that franchise or that business that you, you you've been looking into for years. So really... I cover the entire U.S. with franchise consulting. So I right. cover all 50 states. You can definitely find me there. As far as my businesses, 
locally here on Long Island. We cover pretty much all of Long Island. So Mosquito Joe, Hello Garage, and J-Dog Junk Removal. We cover all Long Island. We can help you out with any of those services. And there's more to come. So we're excited. It's awesome. Dennis, you've been incredible. We wish you and your family and your businesses and your teams nothing but blessing and incredible crushing of goals in 2023. Thank you for being here, my brother. No, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was a great time. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight, and nine-figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.